question. You ain't got the answer, Sway. 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole ball game. Church members I have. With 15 cents. Faithful Heretics, episode 8. How's it going, Moses? It's going pretty good. Um, we were just having a conversation about how I always expect you to get the episode number wrong. Um, but then our mom came in. Uh, so it kind of interrupted the flow of that. But, uh, but I guess just to put a bow on it for everyone who wasn't listening to it, <laughs> which is everyone, um, I'm 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 always surprised when you get the episode number right because a part of me expects you to forget. Um, so you have a you have a very low view of me. Yeah, I do. But here we <laughs> it's are. It's tragic. But but <laughs> I know the listeners together. don't. Nah, man. I don't I don't actually run the Instagram page or anything or or don't have not as clued in with you on the feedback. But I think I'm probably a favorite. Yeah, as you guys can tell, Emil doesn't uh, run the Instagram page and he's not clued in on the feedback. <laughs> we just oh, so 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 so, this, uh, so I'm so I'm literally just going making. So I'm literally going off based off like gut, off my gut. Like I have off no clue gut, what man. people I'm are not, saying about me. Yeah, I've, it's not that you're no unpopular, but your, your polling numbers could they could uh, they could use some improvement. Nah, just uh, just just from the market research we've done. Um, what market a, research? A couple of adjustments here, there. I'm just saying the feedback we're getting from from the listeners. Um, people right. don't hate you, but you know there's room for. <laughs> I I can tell you this, man. I can tell you this. There's there's some listeners who are, who have who are who have come to the show to hear to hear me. <laughs> I can tell you that. I know that. I know that. You know that for a fact. Yes, hundred percent. Like a fact in your heart, or like this is actually like a real no, fact. like like, like a you've fact. You've been informed fact. of this. Like I've been informed oh, okay. of this. And like, wait, wait, and wait. Okay, they've come, but have they ever come back? Yeah, consistently. And really? To those, yes, Specifically for those, you? Yes, and to those wow. listeners, uh, I th- think thanks, thanks for the support. See, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this because, like, you're not obviously, you know, we, we try not to drop names on the podcast, so maybe off off air you're gonna have to tell me who. But a part of me almost doesn't believe you. It's almost like Trump saying like millions of people voted for me. So many people voted for me. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, when he's acting like, I got 500 million votes. <laughs> Not even 500 million Americans. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, you know, honestly, outside, outside of us trying to, outside of us trying to undermine each other, how has yeah. your week been? No, man, we're trying to lift each other up. That's how we do this podcast together. Um, well, what are you saying? How's your week been? How's my week been? Uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty all right. I think, uh, I'm just, I, I just, I, in a way, in a weird way, I'm starting to set the week by the podcast. This is almost um, the anchor in my routine, and then everything else rotates around it. I know you actually have a job which like requires you to go out and about, so maybe your life is more, um, more varied, more rich, fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it's definitely um, sitting in front of my laptop and then every uh, Saturday evening doing a little pod. So, um, not really much updates on my week. Uh, yeah, I dropped the one class I was in. Uh, so, you t- so does that mean you lose your job? No, your boy always out here trying to game the system. Because I just because I'm crazy. technically still enrolled in a class, I just withdrew from it, so I'm not going to get a grade from it. Um, and so I get to keep my job because for all of you who don't know, I work 
at the university, so I need to technically be enrolled in a class to keep my job. So I keep my job, and I also don't have to go to lectures. I was in the class for a couple of weeks, but then like there was an assignment coming up yesterday, and I was sitting at home. I was like, I don't want to do this, and I just dropped it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. That was the biggest event for my week. Did you ever drop a class? Of course. Um, yeah, I dropped, yeah, I dropped two computing classes, uh, both on the same day. Like, both on the first day. Did you ever end up doing it? No, I took I took it one time, and then I, I was there. I showed up class for ten minutes, dropped it, and then a year later, I took I tried. I, I thought maybe maybe it'll be different, and I walked in on the first day with the same thing. So then I dropped that again. Honestly, real talk. I know this is. I know that uh, we'll we'll get to the topic eventually. But I have never regretted dropping a class within um, my first day of taking it. Like, because I've been that's happened to me a few times. Where I'm sitting in a class. And I'm looking at the material and I'm like, yo, I'm about to fail this class. <laughs> and I just drop it. Um, and that's almost always worked out. Like I was almost always find a better class, um, which which I do better in. But there's been a few instances where I felt that feeling. And you're like, nah, I can tough it out. And you stay in the class. And by the end of the semester, you're like, I should have left this when I had when I had, when I had the opportunity. Yeah. And so that's the advice I'm giving all listeners. I know some of you are probably college age, university age, but if you ever in a class and you feel as though this doesn't suit you, drop it immediately. Don't hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> there will be other semesters. Uh, there will be other. There will be other profs. Um, trust however, me, uh, I, I feel like there's definitely a limit to that. At some point, you just have to take class. Like the yeah, you're gonna, take classes. But the thing, the thing is, you're, you're gonna have people. You're gonna have people repeating the, the first year of university seven times. So the thing is, <laughs> to the club, yeah. man. Who's out here actually graduating in four years? Come on. Actually, yeah, even I yeah, did like homeboy four raises a hand and then quickly dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Honestly, for real. Only yeah, the, the four year thing is actually yeah because the thing is the thing is your first year like 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 if if you go in cold with no information, which they tell all you of just, us do. No, no, they just tell you take four classes. If you're taking four classes, you can't finish. It's not possible to finish but, in four. But years. honestly, like I, I've heard so many people say, like it's smarter to do the four classes. At least for a little bit. Like I know my first two years, I did four classes, and I'm I'm happy about that because uh, I I didn't really know what I was doing those first four years. Honestly, I don't think we should allow high school students to enroll in anything except open studies in their first year because you don't know anything about. Like I remember looking back on high school, there were kids okay, in my class, okay. seventeen year olds, like I want to study immunology. What do you know about immunology? <laughs> you don't know anything. We're doing bio thirty right now. We're learning about mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell. What do you know about this stuff? You don't. There's people who legitimately know what they want to do, man. The thing is, not everyone, so not, few. Not, so not, few. Not, not everyone wants to be a doctor. The thing is, there's some people who know exactly what they want to do. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I, I feel as though, but I feel as though the majority of people are sufficiently confused that we should just allow the first year of university to be just everybody is in open studies. Everybody is just trying to figure it out. Because th- in reality, that is what everyone's doing. I was a psychology, Honestly, psychology minor for two years. I still have not taken a single psychology class. Whenever I, whenever I, you I meet people who are like taking like open studies and it's like their third or fourth year, I'm like, dude, do you have a trust fund? Like, what are you actually doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you actually like, here like, to learn? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, why are you still in open studies like your third or fourth year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely does reek of uh <laughs> No, I'm kidding. If anyone here is in open studies, it's fine. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop up, and reconsider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop doing that to yourself. I'm just... <laughs> here with the tough love. Saying the things saying the things I can't say. Um how's how's your week though, man? It's good, man. Um 
yeah, just literally, dude. I think like having 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 my job as a teacher, it just feels like every week is more or less continuation of the last. And so um, it's been good. It's not as cold. Um, been sort of able to get my life sort of on track uh, with more organized, more reading. Yeah, so it's been it's been all right. It's been all right. It's been ups and downs, but it's not bad. It's good to hear. Very nondescript. Um, <laughs> yeah, ups and downs. Ups and downs. That could have <laughs> been. Ups and downs. Could've... Yeah, I, 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 I may, I may have possibly faced uh, criminal charges. I may have yeah. not. Just ups and you downs. Know, you know, downs, downs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Currently, I have mafiosos outside my door waiting to break my knees. But you know, just just a few little minor hurdles. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask a question before we go into this. Just a random, random, random thought. All right, excellent. Do- uh, you, you, you're you're an English guy. Um, do you know? Do you know what Deus ex? <laughs> Guys, honestly, do you know what Deus ex machina? Do you know what Deus ex machina means? Uh, I don't know what it means. I know, like, I do don't you know, know what, what it is. I don't. Yeah, I know what it is. I don't know what it means though. No, but it's like, like, a, like you... yeah, it's like a literary device where you know, if you're writing a story and let's say your hero's stuck in a difficult situation. Um, just like some random, like some miraculous providential thing uh, suddenly saves them and then everything's okay. I'm trying to think of a show. There's there's a few shows which are really known for like really being bad for that. Um, like, like Superman? Like Superman when Lois Lane does? Yeah, or they were pretty much Marvel movies in general, man. No offense. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so that's actually yeah. interesting because I, I was listening to a podcast about that and like your interesting thought. But I, th- I think you summarized really well. I think, I think really it well. means Speaking... like God, God something. It literally means like God intervening in the story. Yeah, yeah. that's what it yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of God intervening, um, this this actually ties in perfectly with our episode for today. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you saw that transition, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you definitely, you definitely made sure that we saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, no way you're of... gonna make <laughs> let us yeah, not yeah. see it. Exactly. Yeah. No, but honestly, speaking of God intervening, and first of all, thank you for saying that because I'm, I, I would imagine there might be someone who's wondering what that is and. Now, now your vocabulary has definitely been expanded. Um, you want to explain the, uh, the the rundown of what of what we're doing so that the listeners know the format's a little bit different. You want to just let them know what's going on. Wait, is this still part of your legendary segue? Uh, no, I know. I, I that that's a really fun part. <laughs> it just fell flat already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. if you hadn't drawn our attention to it, it could have just slipped under the radar. But now we're like, yo, where's this legendary segue? <laughs> yeah, that segue's finished. So, 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 Joe, do you want to explain to us so we don't dwell on that? Uh, you explain you know, to the listener. Definitely what's had going some on. ups and downs this week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, man. What's going on? What's, okay, what's, what's the format? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we are experimenting with a little bit of a different format for this episode of basement full of heretics and who knows maybe even going forward um this is something we're going to stick with but um i feel like we've explained it a million times before about why we have our current format of the show Mm -hmm. um you know where we just pick a topic and we talk about it and uh, the general idea of why we chose that is because we wanted to create more like evergreen podcasts so theoretically something we could record today and then release in three, four weeks, because uh, when we first started the podcast, like I said before, we didn't we, we didn't think we had the motivation to actually meet every week and record. So we just planned on recording everything in bunches and then releasing it over time. Um, yeah. But uh, but here we are, episode eight, and we've we've uh, we're on a bit of a roll, bit of a run. We're getting into routine. It's been over 21 days. So I, I guess this is now officially a habit. Um, and so, OK, we're, so, and so we thought, like, let's try to. 
um, experiment with more of a weak friendly format. Um, mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is we're actually going to go back to our original format from when we first started Basin Full of Heretics. And um, like we said, we've scrubbed those episodes from the internet. So hopefully not too many of you have heard it. I know some listeners have. Um, maybe they pirated it out and, and downloaded as MP3s on their phones. So they can keep it uh, to hold against us in the future. But um, the way those episodes worked is uh, we would start off the show just by doing like headlines. Yeah. Just like some fun headlines and reacting to them, talking about them. And then after that, we would move into what was called the Heretics Corner. Um, I think we could call this the Heretics Corner. I think it's yeah. pretty good branding. Um, we Then we moved into the Heretics Corner, which is where we picked a faith topic um, yeah. and talked about it there, which is kind of what we've been doing these last seven weeks. So that's the format for this week. Uh, just kind of doing some headlines and then going into the Heretics Corner, which I think Emil's going to be um, in charge of this week. Yeah. All right. Right, That's man. it. Yes. I still so can't get over. Know. I still can't get over your failed transition. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll find another. One. I actually, actually, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I literally the Deus Ex Machina thing. I heard it like yeah, well, three yeah, minutes well, before the episode started. Don't worry. We'll find another. One. We'll find another. One. Yeah. So wait. Okay. Okay. How about this? Just tell us how it would have worked. Just, just no, tell I, us I, what I know, you had no, in I mind, or no, you're good, I, you're gonna find a spot for that specific one. Dude, I literally, no, I literally thought of it like two seconds as I was asking you, as I was asking you. Okay, but you said, you said killer transition. So what were you going to transition into? I don't know. I think we're, I, wow. I, the, the, the com no, <laughs> the conversation guy. we're going to have, the conversation we're going to have on like, on like God got into meaning in our lives. But I literally, and here's the thing. I think, I think anyone who knows me or has talked to me a lot knows that a lot of the conversations I have, like even, even as a, even as a teacher, um, I don't actually plan them. The thing is, I don't plan them. The thing What's is, the I just, yeah. I just, no, but the thing is, I just go in there. Um, it, it happens, weird tangents and so on. And so that's why it's so interesting that, that I'm sort of running, doing the running order for stuff because I'm not typically a running order kind of guy. I just, I just sort of have an idea and I just go in and talk about it. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see me do the running order. But um, let's get so into, like, let's get into like these, let's get into these news stories, man. man. <laughs> yeah, let's get into these news stories, bro. Some people say, some people thinking, I'm just a sayer. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, literal, it's, li it's literal genius, man. It's, it's, it's literal genius. Okay, anyway, so moving into headlines. Like I said, this is um, a bit of a new segment for us, um, but it's also kind of a throwback, but it might be new for the new listeners. We're just going to go through a few headlines that I uh, perused through the internet, thought were interesting. Um, and the first one we have for this week, this is kind of intersecting uh, a few areas that me and Emil are personally interested in. Um, sports and also um, race relations. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, a white man? A white man? Is he white, though? Yeah. He, he, I don't know, man. He's like... Our Bosnian is... Bosnia's <laughs> Bosnia is not white. Those are Eastern Europeans, I feel, bro. I feel as though Bosnia is okay, but we, we might say we might get canceled for this. But let's just let's just dip our toe in this, <laughs> this conversation. I feel as though like those Eastern Europeans. No, I shouldn't say it like that. I feel as though Eastern Europeans. You're saying Russians? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like Russian? former former Soviet former Soviet Union. I feel as though like they are white once a black person enters the room. You know what I mean? It's kind of like back no. in the day when, they, when people used to like discriminate against Italians and Irish people and Ukrainians. It was like 
Anglo-Saxons, Protestants, those people are like, these people aren't the same thing as us. They're not so white. Levels, so there's levels of white. There's levels of whiteness. Like Jews even. Like Jews, a lot of white people don't consider Jews white. But once a black person enters the room, <laughs> the Jewish okay. guy is all of okay. a sudden white. All right. All right. So it's not any bitch, a... Uh, Part-time white guy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. A partial, a partial, a low-grade white guy. <laughs> Whoa, don't a, say low-grade. A low-grade low white guy <laughs> who's really good at soccer. Stop. Yeah, one of, one of the best soccer players in the world. Um, and, and according to him, the very best. We'll get a little bit more into his personality. But um, First of all, first of all, the way this guy talks about himself is, is it borders on blasphemy. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll introduce the story, and then we can give people a little more rundown of who Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, because you need to kind of understand that first. Um, but yeah, soccer superstar Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, he recently, um, I guess, took some shots at LeBron James. You know, and you know what they say: if you shoot at the king, you best not miss. Um, but he was uh, he was recently being interviewed by uh, by the Swedish sports sports network, and they asked him. Um, I didn't really see much of the build up question. They just said like, "Hey, do you do you like basketball?" Um, and uh, and he said yes, and then so Zlatan's comments were. Let me see, find them real quick. Uh, yeah, he says like LeBron is phenomenal. Talk LeBron James, like he's phenomenal at what he's doing. Um, but I don't like when people have some kind of status. They go and do politics at the same time. Do mm. what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football. Uh, soccer is just known here because I'm the best at playing football. I don't do politics. Um, if I would be a if I would be a political politician. I would do politics. That is the big first mistake people do when they become famous and they become in a certain status. Stay out of it. Just do what you do because it doesn't look... No, just do what you do best because it doesn't look good. Um, so obviously, uh, kind of similar things we've heard thrown at LeBron in the past. I think the most notable one is, what was that? Fox News anchor's name? Um, or a Laura Ingraham? Yeah, Laura Ingraham. Um, I think it was either last year or two years ago. She talked. To, she was talking about basketball players taking political stances. She said, "You know, the whole shut up and dribble," um, which is, which is, which is mad interesting because I remember when Drew Brees took his political stance in defense of the flag. Yeah, in defense of the flag, Laura Ingraham mm. was like, "Hey, you should respect him." Hmm. Mm. <laughs> interesting. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> like she's not a journalist, but. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, so yeah, I think it was today. LeBron James asked about it in a press conference, um, and he gave he gave a, it, it's a pretty long answer. Not going to read all of it, but uh, just to sum it up, he was talking about how um, you know you know he cares about these political issues because he's um, because these issues like directly affect him and his community. And he brought up um, he brought up the school he opened in uh, in Cleveland. Uh, just saying, yeah. like, you know, like, where would those kids be if I didn't use my voice and my platform? Um, he talks about how he helped um, this Atlanta activist um, become part of the ownership group, which bought Atlanta's WNBA team. He talks about, you know, how his activism is actually resulting in real life change. And then he brought up this example of Ibrahimovic. And he says, like, uh, he brought up Zlatan's past, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's past. And he's like, oh, isn't, isn't, isn't he the guy um, who in 2018 was complaining about racism because of his last name? Um, and if anyone doesn't know about this story, because no one knows about this story, LeBron is just apparently has the most like crack research team um, <laughs> briefing him before press conferences. Um, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like we've mentioned before, very famous soccer player. He's a Swedish soccer player, but he's of Bosnian descent. Um, and so his last name is a Bosnian name. And in 2018, this is literally this interview flew under the radar of just about everyone, including like soccer fanatics like me and Emil. 
Um, but in 2018, he complained about the fact that um, um, he didn't get enough uh, credit or praise um, as he deserved in Sweden because he didn't have a conventionally Swedish last name like Anderson or Svensson. Um, but instead, he has this Bosnian name. And he was quoted saying, you know, this is about racism. I don't say there is racism, but there is undercover racism. So LeBron James here in 2021 was digging up this interview from three years and throwing it back in, in Zlatan's face. Um, and then he kind of he ended his uh, his his response with the line, um, I speak from a very educated mind. I'm kind of the wrong guy to actually go at because I do my homework. Score one, LeBron James, I feel like. Um, but the reason why I, I, I brought up this story, I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't want to get too like inside baseball here because I assume most listeners aren't as big soccer fans as we are. Um, but to really understand this story, you need to understand who Zlatan Ibrahimovic is. Um, and like Emil said, he's kind of in the, in the last couple of years become this larger than life character. Um, he's, he's an incredibly talented soccer player. Most people would say like with the exception of like Messi and Ronaldo, who hopefully you guys know about, if you don't like, please, please open your eyes. But I mean, most people would say he's maybe the third best soccer player in the world for the last like 15 years. Um, incredibly talented guy. But off the field, he's, like, built up this this persona where, like, um, it's almost, like, narcissism bordering on, um, yeah, blasphemy. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> the way it means Here's the thing. Like, he only speaks in third person. He always goes, like, oh, Zlatan will not do this. Zlatan likes this. Um, he played. In, I just thought in, of. I just thought yeah. of. I just thought of the best way. One of the best ways to describe Zlatan Rich to uh-huh. anyone who is not uh, soccer related. Imagine if Chuck Norris was the biggest proponent of the Chuck Norris. <laughs> that, that is that oh is literally the goodness. best way yo, to describe. Yo, that is yo. Props to that. That is the yeah. Like like that. That is literally how I think of that. If Chuck Norris was a guy peddling Chuck Norris. Yeah, Emil, yo, gold star for that one. That is the perfect metaphor. Yeah, literally. Imagine if Chuck Norris was the guy out here in every interview repeating the. Oh, like Chuck Norris doesn't run from bears. Bears run from Chuck Norris. <laughs> Jokes. That is literally what Zlatan is. And the thing is, like, it's and like if you look at his like, like he's good. He's a good player. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was talking really good player, this. amazing player. The thing is, there's other players who can make probably better arguments than better. But but, yeah, but, but they're not calling themselves God. Like yeah, he calls himself God. He calls himself God. Yeah. And yeah, and that's the thing with Zlatan. Like, and this isn't this isn't the first. Um, I'm not going to call this racist because he's, he's just talking about more political things, but he was he was involved in a bit of a racially charged incident um, a couple weeks ago uh, with a guy he used to play with. Um, and it was funny because he was he was a, <laughs> he got into a fight with this black player and he started um, calling him pretty much calling the guy's mom a witch doctor. <laughs> yeah, that was and, wild, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing because it's, it's just weird. Um, but uh, so obviously there were some. Uh, there were some calls for like, him to be suspended and stuff. And then he responded by posting, you know that video you've seen of like that black kid and the white kid um, running towards each other and hugging each other on the sidewalk? This is a really no, famous one, one, video. one of those like concerned children's advertisers? No, it's just, uh, it's, 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 no, it's, it's just the video of this black kid and white kid who I think that they used to be friends and, oh, um, and they hadn't seen each other for a while and then they just go and, and give each other a hug. And so he posted that on his Twitter and he's like, I don't see race. We were all the same. We were all in the same... Uh, race the human race and it was kind of like okay so that time doesn't change the fact you called this guy's mom a witch <laughs> um, four hours ago uh but i think in the case of that time and 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 
yeah, I guess maybe we're more in tune with this because we're soccer fans, but it's kind of a, a pretty clear example of someone um, getting lost in their own character. Mm-hmm. And it's almost and 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 he almost seems like you know completely detached from 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 reality and and like I'm saying he's almost stuck in this own like mythologi- mythologizing um, of himself. Um, and in the case of coming at LeBron James about political issues, this is if there's one thing LeBron James is good at, um, it's political issues. Basketball is second. Uh, this man has <laughs> this man has has dribbled around more Fox News commentators <laughs> than he has than he has NBA centers. <laughs> yeah, LeBron Le- LeBron has a promising career in politics, man. Man yeah. has a promising career in politics. I, I don't imagine he'll go there, but. Um, yeah, it's just so weird, especially because like you know he's speaking out as, as as this guy in Europe, um, just kind of taking a random shot at LeBron. Um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad to see, but uh, hopefully hopefully Zlatan finds himself. Uh, but in the meantime, I was gonna move on to our next headline. Uh, this is one that I thought was interesting. I kind of teased it I, to to a meal um, before the show, but I, I didn't give him all the details. So a new survey recently came out. Um, let me see where this is from. I'm reading this from Relevant Magazine, um, but the survey is from yougov.co. Um, so they surveyed Americans here, over 2,000 Americans, asking them, what is the ideal age? Like, if they could be stuck at one age for the rest of their lives, what age would that be? So it was broken down into three different categories. Um, they had uh, the best age for physical health, the best age in terms of wisdom, and then just overall the best age. Uh, so there are 2,000 respondents. I mean, I want to see what your responses are and how they compare to the survey responses. So for physical health, Emil, here you are, what, 28? 27. 27? Yeah. All right. So if if you had to gander of what people thought was uh, the best age for physical health, what would you guess it would be? 18. 18? Do you, do you, how about for you? Would, would that be your answer or would, or would you go? No, I think my answer no? would be like, my answer would be still loading. Oh, <laughs> best is yet to come, everyone. <laughs> yeah, buffering, still loading. That's my that's my answer. That's funny, man. Eighteen, you're on the mask game, huh? Eighteen mil is a big boy, a big big boy, <laughs> country boy. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was eighteen, I was just doing every everything wrong. When you think of like, yeah, you think I mean, of, like used to be drinking like <laughs> like six shakes of protein. Even on days he wasn't working out, I remember. When I just got a problem, we were we were at church, and Emil would like step out of church in the middle of the sermon, and like I see him baggie. in the lobby with drinking like protein. <laughs> yeah, with like a baggie of protein, bring it to hide it in my jacket, and my mom would want to see it. Yeah, and he'd sneak out during the sermon and be drinking protein in the lobby. <laughs> there, was, there was a problem. There was a time though, man. When I was pounding back, probably like at least like ten thousand calories. At yeah. least ten thousand calories. It we had a few pictures crazy. from that time. Woo, Emil. <laughs> You knit. Yeah, it's actually crazy, man. I, I was running and like wheezing, man. After, after, like, after like two minutes wheezing. You don't know, but actually, no. Off the for games, me, man. Nah, I, I think eighteen. Because here's the thing, man. At eighteen, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, 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 I speak of like I speak for like the like guys and stuff. At eighteen, mm-hmm. man. Generally, it seems like man, you're eating chips and and you're getting six packs from eating chips. The thing is, like, the thing is, eighteen. Nah, speak for yourself, man. No, man. When you know when you okay, eighteen was a yeah. dark time. A me. lot of people, man, their metabolism mm-hmm. is just nuts when they're eighteen, like crazy. 
So the actual survey answer was quite a bit older than that. Actually, it was 29. Um, See, loading. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but I feel as though maybe, maybe it's because, and that's the thing, like, I feel as though our response is going to be skewed because we're pretty young. Uh, and so I guess, you know, hopefully most of our lives is still ahead of us. But I think maybe the rationale for 29 is I think for a lot of dudes, especially like talk about like sports and stuff, people say your physical prime is like late 20s because yeah. I think that's when you're still like you're still agile and you're still, I guess, fairly pliable. But it's also like, you know, you're done growing and you, if you're going to be it's probably you're going to be as strong as you'll ever be um, and as healthy. as I think if you stay in shape, then that's obviously a good an important asterisk. Like if you're healthy, late 20s is, is theoretically going to be a pretty good time just in terms of physical health. Because 18, like, you know, some people, they still haven't really grown into their frames or whatever. Um, yeah. I was I was fighting off um, an, immuno, <laughs> an immunosuppressive disease. Uh, no, an, an immunosuppressive disease um, at 18. So uh, it wasn't my best year. But uh, but I guess the mule's enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, I was pounding <laughs> on, back. On 250 pounds of him. <laughs> 5'9", 250 pounds. <laughs> you guys... Good time. Let me, good time. Let me tell you something. 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 If anyone, if anyone, if anyone has ever seen those pictures, the pictures of you know of Zeke Elliott when when uh when he's playing for the Cowboys quarterback and his shirt, no, and his shirt is like lifted. My Zeke shirts Elliott like is that. It's a, a running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. My shirts like that. I wasn't doing it on purpose. The thing is, I They're wear just riding up. <laughs> yeah, I wear t-shirts. I wear t-shirts and like my shirts are riding up and stretch marks for days, man. Stretch marks for yeah, days. Yeah, we, we love stretch marks. That's stretch marks are the wave, man. They're actually uh, in right now. People like stretch marks, as they should. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, that was the first one. That was physical health. Okay, now we're gonna move on to wisdom. Um, so if you'd say in terms of wisdom, what age? Like probably probably like seventy or something. See, I feel like that's too high because seventy is also like when your mind is starting to go a little bit. Like no, you're starting it's not, to like eighty, ninety. Yeah, no, dude, seven. Like, okay, yeah. For if you're ideally, it starts when you're 89. No, okay, when you're 80, 90, that's when your mind might be gone. <laughs> it might just be gone. But I mean, dude, 70. Dude, dude, no, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. You retire at 65. There's no way your brain is going at five years. Like, well, like, yeah, that's why they told you no, to retire. No, 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 dude, 70, like, dude, 70 no, is when no, you, isn't you, that when you start like, doing At least like 10, 15 years before your brain starts going, man. No. No, I, I, I just might see 76. Bro. You're gonna die. You're, you're about to die. Who's, who's life? Years. Who's life? Yours. I'm pointing at you, <laughs> Canadian males. <laughs> Probably shorter for black men. <laughs> okay, no, what was the answer? What was the answer? Um, 51. That makes sense to me. 51, you've learned everything you're gonna learn. You are who you're gonna, who you're gonna be for the rest of your life. And you still have your mind. It's still sharp. It's still there. And then, and then you get 65 and you realize you saved nothing. And so yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you regret every decision you've ever made. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't, don't be all prophetic in here. Um, okay. <laughs> now, for some people, that's a real reality, bro. Dude, I was, I was watching, I was listening to a study, man. The amount of Canadians who are literally like in their 50s and 60s and are scared of retirement because they literally can't retire. It's actually kind of scary, man. It's mm. actually kind of scary. Do we have a name for those people? Walmart greeters. <laughs> yeah, dude. Actually, no. Nah, it's rough. Walmart greeter. <laughs> if anyone is a Walmart greeter, we love you, man. Yeah, we love you, man. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so that's physical. So physical, you said eighteen. America said twenty-nine. Um, wisdom, you said seventy. America said fifty-one. 
Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go overall, overall, 25. peak quality of life. Wow, you fast out the gates. What's your rationale for that? Why do you think 25? Um, generally done college in yeah, fairly good you shape. You just finished it. Yeah, in fairly good shape. You haven't, you haven't quite, like you have debt, but it's not quite like crippling yet. You have, no, it is crippling. You just haven't realized it's crippling. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> It just you hasn't registered idea. in your mind that it's crippling. You have, you have the illusion that debt's high. Uh, you really don't really don't look at your credit score that much. The, the, the thing is, yes, I, I think twenty five uh, physically everything things, things should be working all right. You are you're generally pretty independent. Uh, you're probably the most attractive you'll ever be. Yeah, wow, I don't imagine twenty five. Yeah. yeah. So you're past your prime, you think? Ooh, said generally. It just hit you. It just hit you. No, I said generally. Dude, I'm the exception, I'm, though. I, 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 I'm not like most people, man. I, I said generally. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing a different game, man. The thing is, most uh, people. Nice guy, I'm, I'm, Neil, the most I'm not playing the same game. I'm, I'm not playing the same game when I was playing. What? What? What, what, what was like the issue? up in here, man. Um, yeah, I'm not calling myself God. <laughs> um. So no. Okay, the survey response was older than that. It was 36. Which, that makes a lot of sense to me too. Because it's like 30, okay, 30s. 30s makes sense to me. Specifically 36, I don't know, like maybe 33. Um, but it's like, I feel as though in your 30s, ideally you would have like some sort of career. It would be interesting. And you'd be making interesting. money. And you're still healthy. You can still do stuff. It'd be interesting if they broke this survey down by gender. That's what seeing I was what, what the answers would be. Yeah, actually, I went into the survey results and they they didn't have that. And I yeah, I feel as though a lot of it was skewed maybe towards men. I feel yeah, like especially like the because I don't know. I maybe this is another thing where it might, might be interesting. You know, we'll, we'll ask the listeners maybe over over Instagram see what they think about it after this episode comes out. Um, but I definitely feel as though yeah, twenty nine for like physical prime. That's definitely like uh, I feel as though it's a dude thing. It's like yeah, I'm gonna be like buff, but still. Um, young and 36. I don't know, maybe girls feel different or women. Uh, sorry, uh, but that, um, was an interesting one. I feel as though, honestly, I obviously I read the article beforehand, but I, I'm gonna agree with most of these. I, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. I feel as though my life hasn't, um, hasn't hit, uh, hasn't hit top speed. Yeah, man. According according to that, according to that, you're, you're just revving, man. You're getting ready. Yeah, I'm just revving. Um, and, uh, and according to our next story, well, watch a segue right now. My life might never start. That's right, everyone. <laughs> this is from Bloomberg's opinion section, um, which is talking about, uh, I thought this was a really interesting one, um, kind of talking about the future um, and Gen Z uh, and COVID. Um, but the article is by Lara Williams uh, in Bloomberg. And it's titled, Gen Z are hustling for their post-COVID futures. Um, so I feel as though Gen Z is, what is it? Under 25? Yeah. So I think yeah. it's everyone born 1996 and after. Between 1996 and 2010, I believe. So that, no, not 2010, 2005? Yeah, roughly. Um, so that's me. I'm, I'm firmly in Gen Z. Although a few, I've seen a few uh, definitions that put me as a millennial. Emil, you are, um, you are. Millennial. Of the millennial class, just barely. Yep. Um, just barely, actually. Yeah, three years away from being Gen Z. Oh, real? I've always heard people say like the way you know if you're if you're a millennial or Gen Z is if can you remember a time before the internet? 
Like, can you remember not having a computer in your house? Um, I remember being in Africa. <laughs> I remember, I, a time before the internet. I remember a time before before a stable democracy. <laughs> I remember. I remember black and white TV. I remember. I remember. I remember cooking over fire. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember. I remember hurting your own chickens. <laughs> I remember a house called the White's House where white people lived. I remember all those things. In one lifetime, we always lived a hunter-gatherer. Yeah, yeah. A hunter, sorry. A hunter-gatherer lifestyle in the 21st yeah. century. You won't be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is what you had. Like, yeah, I remember all those things. I'm uh, 19. I remember all those things. <laughs> I don't know. Emil's a Emil's a different kind of millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, um, I don't know. I, I, I did not know that's what it meant to be a millennial. Okay, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, in speaking of Gen Z, though, which is the generation after millennials that I'm a part of, and um, I think a few listeners are. So this article is coming out of Bloomberg, and it's just kind of talking about how. Um, um, with the pandemic hitting at a time which where a lot of like people in Gen Z were either you know finishing up school or just entering the workforce, and now we have these like massive rates of unemployment. I think what was it in April two thousand twenty, thirty two percent of sixteen to nineteen year olds were unemployed, which is more than twice mm-hmm. the rate for those twenty five and older. Yeah. Um. So you see, there's massive unemployment, not really that many opportunities. People are kind of starting to worry about Gen Z. Apparently, and this is something I've I've actually done some reading into. Um, you know, people who graduate during recessions are um, usually make, uh, uh, I think it's about 10% less over the course of their lifetime. Like you actually make lower earnings um, if you graduate during a recession. They also um, they also take less financial risks. So they, they also like don't risk. They have higher divorce rates. Um, you have shorter lifespans. Apparently, um, what is it? A 3.9 percentage point increase in the unemployment rate has been found to decrease life expectancy by about six to nine months. Um, so for the class of 2020, that could translate to a shortened lifespan of one to 1.5 years. Um, so huzzah for <laughs> for Gen Z. Um, but so obviously there's all these like negative economic, um, um, what is it, predictors and, and variables on the horizon. Um, but one thing that, that they're talking about this article, which, which I thought was interesting, is the rise in entrepreneurialism um, among among Gen Z. Um, what is it? Let me see what the numbers are. So like, I think since, um, so I think since the pandemic started, um, I think stores like Etsy, uh, what is it? They saw YouTube. Yeah. Like, like this, what is it? Um, what is it? I think uh, according to a survey about, uh, 34% of Gen Zers, um, say that they have some sort of side hustle going on. Um, this was, this was in the UK and that's the thing. Okay. I thought that was interesting because, side hustle is almost kind of like a sexy term you know and so if you ask people who really don't have anything going on like you have a side hustle it's like you know sometimes i i steal a ketchup from mcdonald's <laughs> and slide it over to the homies it's like yeah i got a side hustle it's like, no, you don't <laughs> i feel like a lot of people want to have side hustles so maybe it's a little bit inflated um but but that was definitely uh one of the survey responses um, they talk about how like places like Etsy have seen a boom in terms of people registering um, online stores. And they're pretty much just talking about the general trend of uh, a lot of people in Generation Z 
um, seems yeah. to be towards like entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism, starting their own businesses, um, developing mm-hmm. side hustles, entering the gig economy, um, which I thought was interesting. Like, have you noticed that? I have noticed a lot of people have been opening, starting companies during the pandemic. I have students who start companies, start businesses during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people who, uh, and, and, and it was directly correlated to like, I, I can think of maybe four or five examples off the top of my head of people, you know, they started a business and when they're explaining it, they were like, you know, when COVID started, suddenly I had all this free time and I was like, Hey, I can translate this passion I have into, into something real. And I can actually build a company out of it. I can actually, um, um, take this somewhere. Even this podcast in a way came out of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Like you, if, you I, if, if if this pandemic had happened uh, ten years ago, yeah, I would have been uh, I would have been Scott Parker right now, and I've been driving a Lincoln Navigator making furniture. Honestly, Emil, sometimes I feel like you forget we're on a podcast with people who didn't spend their whole lives with you and you just throw out these references that only I would understand. Oh, okay, Actually, okay, I'm not even gonna okay, explain okay. it. Who cares? Me... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'll tell you this. I, I encourage everyone to check out Scott Parker Furniture and Lincoln Navigators on, on YouTube. I don't right, know okay. why. You know what I mean. We'll leave it at that. Um, but, but, um, yeah, it, it 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 is it is it is interesting to see how the pandemic, um, um, it's kind of been, I guess, the fuel for a lot of people to really go and pursue their dreams. And I was thinking, like, this is kind of a, a bit of a far out theory I've had. But I've always felt as though, let's say, the next generation, so the kids who are like 10, 12, 13, 14 right now, I wonder if I'm them and I get to being a university age, to being university age, I feel as though for them, university doesn't have the same appeal. Because I think I feel as though for us, and I'm, I'm going to group me and you in the same generation, it's like we grew up watching people who went to university and then were able to find jobs. And it worked out well for them. And we kind of had this idea that like, okay, so there's a very clear route you can follow to having this very stable future and career and things are going to be certain um, and you can bank on it. And then we and the people who are a little bit older than us, we all went to university, um, got in debt, didn't find jobs and had to pivot or remit or maneuver or move back in with our parents and do all these sort of things. And it's almost like we realized university isn't that golden ticket that people said it was, especially now that, you know, literally everyone and their, everyone and their uncle has a, has a bachelor of, <laughs> of science. It's not, it's not really special anymore. <laughs> um, and so I feel as though this next generation, like when I think about our cousins and stuff, they're going to grow up looking at people who went to university and stayed poor <laughs> And now they're just yeah. in debt. And I feel yeah. a lot of them are going to say, yo, why don't I like being a YouTuber? Why don't I do that? Or I like, I like doing, um, or I like, I, I like doing these things where like, why do I need to go to university to, to be a philosopher? When I can just Not going to lie, man. These things? <laughs> Not going to lie. Like I, I enjoy my job and I enjoy what I do, but sometimes I see what people are doing on YouTube and see what people are doing on other platforms. And I just think like, man, I, I'm really doing like the lower end version of this. The thing is like, they are, yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's definitely a market. If I was willing to invest in this and spend a lot of time doing this, there's a market where I can do this at a higher level and make more money and reach more people. And so, I even I, even I, a person who 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 got a university degree that was generally useful right from the jump, mm-hmm. even I don't necessarily value university all that much anymore. Yeah, yeah, university. It's honestly, like, and I'm. This isn't a this isn't a hot take or 
or some unique opinion. It's a, it's a hustle, man. Like I I know I was two years into my degree and I realized, yo, I actually can't do anything with a degree except for apply for other programs. Um, and so then I started pivoting to to do that. But even now I sit there and think to myself, it's like, okay, but if I get this next degree, is this, is that the golden ticket? And is it the golden ticket to something I enjoy doing? Or am I actually just funneling my efforts into some like corporate sinkhole um, mm. where I'm just going to hate myself and then the life that I build up for myself. And mm. then slowly but surely I'll watch the economy move away from my skills and then I'll find myself. Yeah, maybe I'm catastrophizing here, but, <laughs> but it's, it's just not the same certainty that we always had. And sometimes I wonder myself, like, I feel as though a lot of these institutions, maybe they don't see it coming, but I feel as though they're about to lose a lot of their shine um, in the next couple of years. All they got to do is increase tuition. And then for every one person, they oh, they're, be getting, they're, basically, they're basically just getting the, the tuition of two people. I mean, honestly, man, I don't, I don't want to get too, too much into, like, local provincial politics, but that's roughly what's happening in Alberta. <laughs> right now our our budget just came out um two days before we recorded this and uh uh yeah that's uh (laughs) you just described our our, our provincial platform here he is the social theory teacher doesn't even know we released a provincial budget (laughs) to be honest man i i I, social studies 30 we literally don't even talk about alberta all that much yeah i don't think i remember ever talking about alberta uh, it's all the better for it and we're all the better for it good reason it's a it's a dark history um but anyway, I thought I thought um, I thought this article is interesting because it's it's taken a very bleak scenario and I guess tried to put a little bit of a positive spin on it. At the end of the day, I think like uh, I'm trying to find the line. Um, it 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 does. Uh, it says yeah, the kids are. Uh, what is it? Um, yeah. So could this trend help lift the class of 2020 and 21 out of the recession? So while not all side hustles will flourish into full time employment. They can give young people some added security with an extra revenue stream, um, along with skills that will help them in their careers down the line. Being an entrepreneur is like entering an intense business boot camp, covering the gamut of marketing, customer acquisition, and product development. I feel as though it's 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 kind of hidden in there. There's a, a bit of a dose of realism. I feel as though for most people, it's going to be hard to make a living out of a side hustle. Um, yeah. It is it is going to be something which you just kind of make a little bit of money on the side of until until you find a more steady stream of income and a more substantial stream of income. But I don't know. I, it's the future is definitely bleak for, for our generation. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe we can go into a separate podcast explaining our feelings on that. I feel as though there's, there's, there's much larger uh, social dynamics going on. I feel as though we're also at the end of an empire, but um, like I said before, we can, we can talk about that. It's some other episode. But um, I don't know. How, I guess the question I ask you is, is when when you read articles like this, or I guess in your case, have them explained to you, because I sent the link to you, but you didn't want to read it. Um, so, but when you hear about articles like this and people having these kinds of conversations, uh, what what's your outlook for, for your generation? Or even for yourself? Do you feel as though the future looks bright for you? Or is it, um, is it hazy? Is it unsure? I know you. I know you said your body is still loading. I know your physical prime is still ahead of you. Uh, but what thing, about the rest I, of I, your life? I'm actually, I'm actually very optimistic for the next five years. Um, uh-huh. I have a few. I have a few. I have a few irons in the fire. Uh, I got. I got. I got a few. I'm things, an entrepreneur. I got a few, got a few things cooking. Um, I'm actually fairly, fairly optimistic about for myself. Um, Here's the thing, man. It sounds kind of crazy, but I don't, I don't really think about much about it, about anyone else. So hey, <laughs> nice. 
ladies take notes yeah so the thing is honestly <laughs> like yeah just i like this whole thing you know people say oh our generation millennials and stuff like i generally i don't think about millennials problems uh, that's not that's not my problems it, it, it sounds almost like oj right like i ain't black i'm OJ. I ain't OJ. a meal yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is like my thing is i think for me when when you when you talked about the future being bleak um i think and and this this might be this might be the topic for another episode but i feel like when i think of the future being bleak i think of things like like the climate crisis you know things oh. like that like like i don't we love, we love a woke king yeah like i don't i don't necessarily <laughs> think about like hey. things like oh am i what is what are the employment opportunities for my generation? Because my thing is why, but yeah, that's but that's know. something which is more imminent. Like the climate crisis, I yeah. know it's real, but it's like a hundred yeah. years from now, the world is gonna. Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. The like, I'm, but I mean, I, I'm I've I think I think this might be something that maybe we we put out an Instagram poll, but like, and I want to see if people are genuinely concerned about like their generations. Like, are you concerned about your generation? Like, I'm. There are certain things I'm concerned about my life. Like, there was. Um, I don't know, there was a Hassan Minaj thing where he was talking about, like, student loan debt and, like, uh-huh. and the amount of debt that people have. And, like, yeah, that kind of stuff kind of worries me. But I definitely see I definitely see a path out of that. So that's not something that's just, like, yeah. Like, I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't see, I, I'm, not, I'm not overwhelmed with crippling worry for that. But the thing is, I'm going to ask you, like, are you, are you actually worried about your generation? Like, things like your generation's ability to get houses? Like, Outside of your own ability to houses, are you worried about like your generation's ability to do certain things? Yeah, yeah, I am in a way, and I think it's maybe it's not necessarily um, as benevolent as maybe it might sound. I think I'm I'm concerned about the outlook for my generation just because I can't separate myself from my generation, and so I see. So when I hear that like Gen Z is going to have a hard time. Um, building wealth or like being able to afford a home or to find careers and find jobs and all these things. When I hear those things, I hear Moses is going to have a hard time <laughs> building wealth, finding jobs. Because here's the thing, like I, I obviously I, I, I believe I have certain gifts and abilities, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm, you know, so separate from the rest. Like, like I feel as though, I don't feel as though I can be, I'm going to be the one person to rise above um, all of the different um trials that befall my generation so when i hear those things it does concern me a little bit because i i feel as though my fate is very intimately wrapped up with that of the people i work with i mean of the people um in my generation um so yeah it's i guess it's not it's not like a perfectly altruistic reason but i definitely when i when i see stuff like that it is something which gives me a little bit of pause because i'm like hmm that that doesn't fare well for me either i think (laughs) I think I think that um, that idea is actually very interesting. Um, and to be honest, part of that I, I wish I thought like that. Um, this I think has actually been one of my uh, one of my one of my one of my serious character flaws, which I think I've definitely had to deal with a lot more in the last like sociopathy. No, no, not that. Maybe <laughs> maybe another one. But like, um, I, I feel like this is something that. I think more so in the last couple of years I've had to think about is the idea that I, I was, I'm not a, by nature, a very long-term planner. Like I, I, yeah. I'm just not a very long-term planner. And I, I, that, that definitely has some negatives to it. And I've, I've experienced some of those negatives, some, some incredible frustrations and some regrets. Um, but my, by, for me, by nature, I have um, a more 
defined short-term plan. And I don't really worry myself all too much about like 10 years from now or 15 years from now or like 35 years from now and so on. And so like, like when I hear those things, um, I personally, the, the alarm bells, which is interesting because considering I, I, I worry about the climate crisis, which is something. Do you actually genuinely worry about that? Is that something which like you feel anxiety about? Um, to it's, be honest, it's, it's, I don't it's, it's, think about it that much. I personally, do. I, 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 I've talked to talking to students. I don't necessarily, I don't feel the same anxiety that I've seen like young people, like kids face. Like I've seen, like I've seen my students face serious worry about that and like anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think for me, the thing is, it's more like just uh, bewilderment at how, like, at how, at how everything is telling us that there is this pending doom. But like it seems like, like we're cool with it. Like it's like, how, obviously isn't that like, just like exactly how I described the way you think. No, no, no. And on a national level. Yeah, and I understand that. Like I like I think there was um even right now I'm just thinking about it. Like it's almost like it's almost like like living through the story of uh Noah yeah. and being on the outside. It's just like, yo, this guy is warning you, like something really, really bad is happening. Um I I as a teacher, I think I worry a lot more because I've seen like my students face that kind of worry, and I think about it a lot more. I think because um, I've, I've I've worked with young people who who worry about that a lot more. Um, but I gotta say, like for me personally, and as I said, like I'm, I don't want to go into a lot of detail about my own, my own personal life, but like I've I've definitely made a lot of mistakes due to short term thinking. Um, and I definitely wish I, I did think a lot more long term and like what 10 years from now, 15 years from now, um, what are the consequences of my actions? But I think by nature, because that's my personality, when I hear things, people say like millennials are are facing this issue or are going to face this issue um, or Gen Z is going to have a hard time getting houses and stuff like that. It just doesn't quite click for me because. Like, like, let me give you an example. Up until fairly recently, and even I wouldn't say it's it's now my number one concern, but until fairly recently, I didn't even think about the possibility of me getting house. Like, that's not even something that really clicked in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like when someone says like Gen Zs or millennials are gonna aren't, are gonna have time are gonna have a hard time getting houses. For me, my thing is like ah, I I didn't really even care all that much about that. And so I just feel like that 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 weakness, which I, I acknowledge is a weakness, is probably why when I hear those things the the anxiety of, over my generation isn't quite there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, but I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's kind of an interesting topic. Is there a part of you that feels as though, like, when you hear those kinds of things, that, like, you'll be the exception? Or it's just it just doesn't even register that they might be talking about you? Or, or is a part of you like, okay, sure gen z or millennials they're gonna struggle with this thing but like i feel as though i'm i'll be the exception or is it like you you, you don't even no um i think uh, yeah i i understand that like and mm-hmm. and i think like that's the like i i'm i'm not one of those people who believes that like oh um anyone can be the exception and like because like Obviously not that's what makes it the exception. no no but no what i mean like like you know how like a lot of people even when it comes to things like systemic racism they're like well but LeBron James made it or like this person made it. Why are you complaining? Like, like there's that, there's that school of thought. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I definitely believe that like um, systemic problems will affect a lot of us or most of us, or like maybe even all of us. Um, so I definitely, I definitely subscribe to that. Um, I think for me, it's just, it's just, it's just not in my, 
no, because and it's 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 not it's not in my immediate forefront because I think due to my specific situation, like for example, um, we even look at the pandemic. I personally, outside of the isolation element and certain things being closed, the pandemic has actually not had a material effect on me. Yeah, because you can still work and stuff. Yeah, so I can still work. I just feel like my personal position makes makes me kind of immune to a lot of the forces which are acting on other people, and so that's why I probably don't think about it as much. Hmm. All right. Well, so it looks like um, Gen Z's outlook is, is a little bit hazy, but people are... Are kind of pivoting towards side gigs, side hustles, um, trying to make their own futures for themselves. Uh, and in the meantime, Emil's worrying about reaching uh, his physical prime. That's uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's at the front of his mind. Um, now, that two-year to, to plan Z, on how to get <laughs> Gen Z and all your problems. Um, I've, I've, I've just just a passing thought. My final words for this. That's not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's not my problem. Come and get swole with me. <laughs> yeah, man. Do some push-ups. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's the Jocko Willick approach. <laughs> Are you unemployed? Yeah, Go do some push-ups at <laughs> 4 a.m. <laughs> yes, so sometimes. But you know, but you know, as crazy as that sounds, the thing is, man, like, I, I've thought about that. Like, the thing is, let's say, for example, you're like... Now oh, you're up at 4 a.m. Now you can start applying no, no. jobs. <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, just think about it, Think about that. Let's say, for example, your life is in a really, really hard place, like having yeah. a hard time getting started and stuff like that. But if let's say let's say let's say you pick even like a physical discipline where you're like, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be waking up earlier, so I can exercise. I'm going to be doing this consistently. Yeah. Though though that is not getting a job, I would I I, I would venture and say that that will likely do very good things for you in trying to yeah. get a job. Yeah, I I I agree with that, and something I try to do. Which, 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 which I wonder, and, and, and I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to take too long and maybe we can definitely talk about this next time or another episode. I wonder if Gen Z, I wonder what level, I wonder what the relationship, I wonder how disciplined millennials and Gen Z are mm. compared to previous generations. Because in the basements? No, no, no. Because, ah, because, like because think about it. Because think, like about it, it. think about it. We, like think about it. it. We make the least, but I think we eat out the most. <laughs> like, 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 Yo, me, like, like, getting like, on that boomer talk. No, no, no. Seriously, like, maybe like, you can honestly, buy a house if you didn't spend all your money on avocado toast. <laughs> no, because think about it. I've actually, I've actually heard of people like who, like, um, I was listening yeah. to a podcast. This one guy was. He, he said there was a point in his life where he wasn't making that much money, um, and now he owns like a bunch of properties in like London. Um, and um, he was. Pardon me. It's forex trading. No, no, no. He's oh, okay. he, he works. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he he now works in investment banking, but 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 he was talking about how like there was a point the point in his life where he wasn't making that much money, and he literally got to a point where he he had, he had whittled down his budget. He was spending about I don't know what this is, dollars. He said he was spending about twenty two pounds on groceries a week, and what the rest was eating out. No, he was just saving it. Oh, yeah, yeah that's and, like and, that and, stoic and, lifestyle. Yeah, you know, and, and and the thing is, he said like he was able to accomplish so much. Like obviously, once his salary increased, he started living, still living crazy. Like I was even thinking about that in my own life. There was a point in my life where where like my I don't know what I I think I was just saving money for like a certain thing, but I was able to like really stream down a lot of my purchases. And now the way I spend money is is like I'm paying double for certain things. But like in the past, I I found a way to whittle down my purchases to what I needed. And so I I honestly wonder what what level of 
discipline gen z and stuff have as well like if that if that has any effect on their financial financial prospects or if everyone's trying to everyone's trying to be a youtuber and trying to live like a youtuber (laughs) before they're youtuber (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's all about youtube <laughs> no i'm not even know, joking that's a, that's a good question i, I think um yeah that's, that's definitely something worth investigating because i think gen z is an interesting position where you're they're expected to live a lower quality of life in their adulthood than what they grew up with like people always talk about like this is one of the first gen z and millennials like there's the first generations that are gonna be poorer than their parents and so it's yeah. going to be interesting, like, a lot of them are going to enter adulthood and live lower quality <laughs> lives. That, whole, that, that, that um, whole thing where, like, that whole thing where, like, you sue your parents, you're just like, you have, you have, you have, you have made me used to a certain lifestyle. Like, whole thing, like, yeah. we're, we're like, people, people like, get divorces. Uh, and then, like, oh, you have made me accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Like, people being alimony to their children <laughs> because they got yeah. arts degrees. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll, we can talk about that in another week. Um, actually, yeah, I don't want to denigrate arts degrees. Science degrees are about as useless. Um, speaking from someone who has experience. Um, it's times like this I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Ah. Anyway, we're going to move on from headlines um obviously that was a little bit of a new addition to the podcast uh it was interesting um we'll, we'll see next week we'll see the, the feedback from listeners throughout the week and we'll see if it's if it's a format we stick to um but as you as you were all probably expecting um as we've as we've come to make the norm from basement full of heretics we like to have um, a bit more of an in-depth discussion um about a topic you know related to faith or, or things of that nature um yeah we're gonna, we're not gonna we're gonna cut it down a little bit this week, like in just in terms of length, just because obviously we had the the headlines talk, but uh, we still wanted to include that, um, and so we're gonna be calling this section the Heretics Corner, um, at least for now, where we're gonna hop into a different uh, topic um, that we find interesting. Um, Emil, you are uh, in charge of the Heretics Corner. What well, what's been on your mind? What's uh what's been something you wanted to chop up? Yeah, so this has actually been something that's been on my mind a lot um, this week. Uh, one of the one of the things one of the things that um, kind of uh, I've been doing recently, probably the last last year or so, is trying to think about what belief what what my belief system is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually there was an activity I did a couple months ago where I tried to write down the things I wholeheartedly believe, like I would like stake my life on. I think it was like two or three things um and and i was i was thinking about that comparing that to like the 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 faith i grew up in um and i remember when i was a lot was of younger, certainty a lot of certainty in our denomination yeah tons tons of certainty um and i would i i think i think it's easy i think it's easier to live a life of like supreme certainty because like all your questions are answered and those that aren't answered is because uh, you're not asking the right questions and the right questions will lead you to the right answers. And I just feel like it's, it's that, it's that cycle. But like I was, and I think one of the things that brought me to that point is, um, is just like intellectual honesty and like spiritual honesty and like um, asking questions without answers in mind. Um, and I don't know, like, do you get what I'm saying? I, I yeah, think, yeah. um, my thing is, I think the question I have for you is, I don't know, I, I, I think you've also got through a similar experience. Um, why, do you, why do you think it's so hard for us to be intellectually or like spiritually honest? Like intellectually honest and ask questions without answers in mind. Hmm. 
I I would actually push back against that a little bit, not in a big way. I feel as though you might actually be Freak Man little... is my section. Answer the freaking question. I know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pushing I'm back. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Answer the question. Did Jeffrey Epstein? No, okay. <laughs> From my conspiracy conspiracy pals out there, y'all know where I was going. Um, <laughs> what did Jeffrey Epstein and Christmas lights have in common? Uh, I'll let y'all finish that one. <laughs> it's actually crazy, man. The amount of jokes from me. Actually, I, I don't know, man. No, that, whatever, man. Let's let's let's. Anyway, let's anyway. Okay, going back to your question, um, like, why is it so hard to be intellectually honest and ask questions that don't have yeah, yeah. answers, especially when it's like fitting without, without answers in mind. Yeah, and 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 the way okay, the way I push back on that is I feel as though there actually might be a bit of a difference between intellectual honesty and the second half of that, which is asking questions without answers in mind. Um, I feel as though intellectual honesty, at least the way I understand it, is just being is is asking questions um, independent of what the answer is. So it's not that there is no, but it's not that there is no answer. But it's like I think a lot of times, and and this isn't even just really the faith. But even in in a lot of like relationships, you'll see like where couples they actually stay away from conversations because they know they might not like the answer. Like if they ask themselves, "Do can I see this relationship going anywhere?" The answer might be no, and so the, so instead they just keep away from that conversation, keep away from that question um, because they don't like the answer. Um, and I feel so that's intellectually dishonest. And so I think even in the realm of faith, I feel so intellectual honesty, at least the way I understand, it, is being willing to ask questions even if you might be unhappy with the answer. Um, and yeah, and I guess sometimes there might not be an answer, but but even that's a maybe an answer which might throw some people off. But um, yeah, and I think that's honestly that's my answer to the question. <laughs> I think that that's but, what makes but, it so, that's what makes it so difficult. Is a lot of times are the answers that we know might be on the, on the other side of the door isn't something you want to hear. Yeah. So you just don't there's ask a, any questions and you stay within your paradigm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a book by C.S. Lewis. If anyone's interested in interesting book, um, it's called The Great Divorce. Um, I, I've, I've listened it's a to the audio book, version. But very good. Yeah. yeah, I've listened to the audio book, and I just got it like this week, this, this past week, and I was just reading it. And there's an interesting conversation that C.S. Lewis has. I think with one of the characters. Well, C.S. Lewis's character has one of the whatever. It's it's all messed up. It's but a, one of the novel, yeah. yeah, but one of the, but one of the things that he says is um, he talks of he says, "Do you remember?" He's the the character is having a conversation with a younger version of himself or something, and he says, "Do you remember a time when you asked questions because you wanted answers, rather than just asking questions for the sake of asking questions?" Mm-hmm. Like, like, like I feel like I feel like there's, um, I don't know, I don't know in our, and I've definitely found myself in this place. Like, I think in our culture, there's this idea of like just being the, being being the Socratic being the Socratic philosopher yeah. for just the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just going to ask a question. Cause I want to be the guy who asks the really good questions. Uh-huh. I don't even want an answer. Uh-huh. And if there's even an answer, I'm just going to f- push against that. I just yeah. feel like, um, I personally feel that like, I don't know what you think about this. I think that's actually a very bad place. I mean, that, that's a, that's a messed up way of thinking to just ask yeah. questions, for the sake of asking questions, not even want answers. But I, I feel like that's, um, that does, I think quite a bit of harm. And, I feel like true intellectual honesty is asking questions because you actually want answers. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. And it's actually so, so amazing you bring that up. Because I remember even when you brought up this this topic, like you texted me about it, um, that's the exact thing that came to my mind. Like, like not even like, like not, not something similar to that. Like that exact thought is what came to my mind. Because I was, you know, 
obviously a, a lot of our podcast is doubt is a big part of our of our faith journeys and maybe where we are now um i, th- mm-hmm. I think we're both we're both in areas we you know where we're trying to f- rebuild our faith um and trying to understand things in a way that makes sense for us that it's not just our parents faith anymore and you know yeah. naturally there's doubt figures into that and i think for a lot of people they're they're in a similar place and the thing is i feel as though we've i've heard the conversation so much about you know people saying like you know what we don't um um we don't ask enough questions in church or like you know it's 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 always a closed environment and we can't we can't ask the questions we want to know or people you know just trying to poke holes at 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 at, at different points in in their theology or or in doctrine and things like that and i support those but i feel as though we don't talk enough about about what you what, what you just talked about which is the danger of just falling into the trap of only ever asking questions because the thing mm-hmm. is, it's it's kind of sexy. It's sexy to be the, the guy who's like, you know, but what if, you know, <laughs> have you ever thought this? Never offering an answer, um, not never really being interested in finding an answer, um, but but constantly poking holes holes in uh, poking holes, but never trying to plug them. That'd probably be the yep. way to think about it. And if you think yeah, about, yeah. yo, I like this metaphor, but if you keep poking holes in your boat and you never try to plug them, what happens? It sinks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what happens at the end of the day if all you ever do in, in your faith um and, and it's not to say that finding answers is easy it's not easy and a lot of times it's uncomfortable the answers you do find um but i feel as though the challenge i would give to a lot of people including myself is i know a lot of people um our age who are in a place where they're just not sure about their faith and i've had conversations with them and like you know i'm just not sure about this thing a lot of it doesn't add up but I feel yeah. like a lot of them, they kind of just stay there. They just keep going like, I'm not sure. But I, and I have conversations with them. I don't feel as though I don't see any urgency or any interest in actually trying to find those answers. Yeah, They're just like, I yeah. don't know. And the thing is, and to go back to that boat metaphor, you keep poking holes in it without plugging them. It's going to sink. I've seen, I've seen people, I've seen a lot of people who kind of just stay in that area. Of, I'm not so sure about this, not so sure about this, not so sure about this. And they're not really making an effort to find those answers. They're not like, you know reading books or studying or asking questions they're just kind of staying in this area of i'm not so sure about it, i'm not so sure about it and then eventually i don't believe it <laughs> that's just what i have is, i just don't care there, anymore. there's there's actually there's actually there's actually a a, a c.s lewis thing once again plug in c.s lewis where he talks about i forget which book is in where he says like oh people people say they don't they don't they don't believe in christianity anymore and then it's like mm-hmm. like do you even know like what about christianity do you not agree with like it's just like uh-huh. Like, 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 have you actually like? It's like, it's like I don't, uh, I don't, I don't agree with this. Like, what exactly about this don't you agree with? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's you buy into the narrative. I think the best example was um, someone gave was like Hillary Clinton um, with the emails. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, "But what about the emails?" If you ever ask someone, "What about what, the what, emails? what isn't Hillary's emails?" <laughs> like, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I've just, I've just heard that uh, there's, there's something in there we should elect her for. Uh, I don't uh, know what's Benghazi. in her emails. The guys in her pizza emails? parlors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, people, and the thing is, that, like in, in her case, that was something which really hurt her because this narrative came out that like, oh, there's something in the. <laughs> But no one knew what was in the emails. <laughs> have you, have you, have you, have you ever, have you ever actually seen? Uh, just a quick little side note. Have you ever actually seen that video of like, you know, that like um, dinner they do for like charity, where like the two vice presidents go and like they crack rib jokes at each other and stuff, like raise money for charity? Correspondence dinner? No, 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 it's not down. No, oh, no, no, the okay, two yeah, candidates. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're have, you, yeah, yeah. have you seen? Have you seen the one where Mitt Romney and Obama and like McCain, Obama just have good times? 
And then, and then, and then when Donald Trump was doing the one of Hillary Clinton, he was just like, oh man. He's like, he started making jokes about the emails. And then, and then, People in the background were like, this, yeah. I actually yeah, yeah. remember this. People were yeah. booing him. People were like, people were like what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Speaking of emails, lock her up. Lock her up. I don't know. My, my Trump impression comes and goes. Yeah, it's like, it's, 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 like, it's like Donald Trump can't just be just, just chill. Like, like he just no, stopped man. being chill in 2005, man. Like, he's just, like, I saw, I saw an interview with him and, uh, Who's his name? Conan? I think in 2005. And like, he seemed like a nice guy. It's just like, what yeah. happened to this guy? Honestly? I don't know. He tasted power. <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll do we'll do an episode about the Christian nationalism episode. We can touch more on Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, but, but yeah, uh, I think the idea of like, you're asking questions um, and actually wanting answers, like wanting answers. Um, and... Here's the thing, like I think I think this is a good way to wrap it up. We can go into a whole lot, whole mega thing about this. Um, mm-hmm. How do we build a a flexible yet strong faith? Because I and, and I say flexible yet strong because the thing is, like um, obviously, like this is I I you someone can explain this a lot better than me. But the idea is like if you have something that is, if you have a faith that is just flexible, no and no strength to it, it's just like flexible, like. The way I personally look at it, it's like, what's the point of saying that this is the cornerstone of your life? Because the thing is, it changes by the day. Like, it's literally, it has, it's not constant. If it's just flexible, like, you need something more constant. But vice versa, I feel like you just have a really, really rigid faith. That's where you get that whole thing of, like, one someone asks one thing or you one thing you don't believe in anymore. And you just do that whole thing. Ah, man, this whole thing's crap. The thing is, how, how, do, you, how do we get to that point? How do we maybe... Maybe you could talk about your personal experience or what it is that you're going through or like some some things you've heard that stood out to you. How do we build a faith that is both flexible in that it's able to withstand questions and able to withstand new information, able to withstand the complexities and grayness of life, but yet be incredibly strong? Because like I don't know, I don't know if you if you if you've like um read up on like progressive Christianity and stuff and like I've been reading lots, like listening to a lot of stuff about that. And yeah, there's things about progressive Christianity that I found incredibly interesting, but I think one of the, one of the, one of the criticisms and pushbacks about progressive Christianity is that in a way you're creating God in your image. Ooh. That like, that like you, you're, you're, yeah. everything is yeah, constantly is, changing. It, the is point that you it is interesting when you meet those people who like their faith fits perfectly with their political view. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. With their political platform, it's like, yeah, I wonder which one came first. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's a good question. How do you build a flexible, strong faith? Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, and that's the thing. Like, like, like we always say, we're not experts. We're still figuring this stuff out, and I'm, I'm still figuring this stuff out. There's still a lot of things which I'm, I'm learning. Um. I feel it's all the TB12 method here. Um, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, please go pick up uh, TB12 by Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero. Um, but you see, you, for example, like for anyone who doesn't know, Tom Brady is a professional football quarterback who's had this crazy long career. And he always talks about how his biggest strength is in his flexibility. You know, while everyone else is out here lifting weights and getting all big and muscular, he's playing with resistance bands. Um, and it's allowed him playing to with that. I just make Tom Brady just. <laughs> just skipping. <laughs> just skipping. <laughs> How's this guy? How's this guy the best quarterback ever? 
No, but 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 it's interesting how his approach is so different, and he's he's all about mobility and pliability, and, and that's his strength. And I I feel as though it's not necessarily about about you know having a flexible and strong faith. I think it's the the, the strength of your the strength of your faith can be in its flexibility, and the flexibility yeah. of your faith can be in its strength. But mm. um, t- to get away from metaphors and talk about how you actually go about doing that, um, I'm actually going to go back to a metaphor very quickly. But you know. I think I, I think of things in terms of fitness a lot. Um, yeah. Because that's something which I do regularly. It's not something I'm particularly good at, um, but it's just something which I do regularly. So it's part of my life. Um, and and me, me and Emil have a lot of conversations about this. But when you start working out, initially you might have this idea that like, oh, I'm going to work out for a couple months, get super shredded and stop. But then we start doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> these, these, are, these are things we literally thought. I'm going to go to the gym for three months, get just jacked, and I'll never work out again. And I'm just going to be jacked. Um, I'll do a little maintenance. I'll do a few push-ups in the morning yeah. and keep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but eventually, you quickly realize, first of all, getting jacked takes years. Um, and, and second of all, when you go there, when you start going to the gym, it's now a lifelong thing. You have to keep doing this forever. Um, yeah. And I feel as though it's the same thing with faith, and it kind of goes back to the to like the conversations I've had. You know, people, I've had conversations with people who like they're they're asking questions, but you ask them like, "Hey, man, when's the last time you like actually like, read your Bible, <laughs> like actually like looked at <laughs> or actually read a a, a faith based book or listened to a podcast or a sermon?" It's like I don't know, just I just kind of sit here and ask questions, and it's like if you're not taking the time to actually train. And train is like, you know, regularly engaging with the questions of your faith. Because I'm not going to say you have to read your Bible. Maybe you're not even Christian. But I just mean regularly engaging with the, with, um, with, the, with the doctrines and the principles of your faith. Because that's where you're going to see, okay, this is where the strengths are. This is where they're, they're the strengths of my belief. Um, and this is where the weaknesses are. Okay, it looks like uh, it looks like Zoom let us down. Um, kind of cut us off at the middle of a good point, but um, we're back. So there was a bit of a um, uh, a bit of an interruption. A there. fiery exchange. A, fi- a bit of a, a fiery, fiery exchange. exchange. Uh, right now, Emil's on his data, so that means uh, <laughs> uh, for the sake of his wallet, <laughs> I'm on my to- ten gig. I mean, I'm on my ten MBs. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're going to have to wrap up the podcast pretty. No, 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 no. But you were saying, you were saying about like the idea of like actually reading your Bible, like actually reading whatever it is that what you ever use to believe rather than just like asking questions. Say yeah. Asking questions. yeah. And that's the thing. I feel as though, I don't know when it comes to, yeah. How do you build a flexible, strong faith? There it is. It just, it just hit me. Um, incoming message, 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 <laughs> message item being just received. received. Item just received. That's it. <laughs> item just received. A uh, little throwback for the. For the OG listeners, but um, but yeah, th- and that's what the flexibility is. I think the flexibility is in asking those questions. That's the flexibility. Mm-hmm. The flexibility is being able to ask those questions because I think a lot of people are in a faith where it's like this is it has all been set out for me. It's prescribed. It's 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 perfect. I'm certain, like we said, the denomination we grew up was was very much about certainty, and so you yeah. don't ask those questions. But I feel as though being able to ask those questions is what gives you the flexibility. Yeah. But then actually going and searching for those answers. And the thing is, like, searching for those answers, you you might not even get the specific answer to the specific question, but you pick, you learn other things along the way. 
And that's where your faith becomes strong because now it's like, now it's like if someone asked me, Hey, why do you believe this thing? It's not just because, Oh, because my pastor told me because my parents told me, but I actually found the verse and I know where to, I know where to go. And I can tell you, this is why I believe it. Cause, and you can lay it out for someone because this is an actual belief you have that you've researched that you've convinced yourself of, or been convinced of by the Holy spirit. Obviously there's different ways it works, but I mean, and that's, that's, that's where the real strength is. It's not built on someone's authority. It's not yeah. built on your experiences, but it's built on your actual knowledge. And so it, the, you know, the flexibility mm-hmm. is being able to ask those questions. And the strength is going to find answers to those questions, not just staying there and like, I'm just going to keep asking those questions um, um, and, and never trying to trying to find any sort of solution to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's what I think. I think, yeah. I think for me, um, th- as I said, this is something which I've really been wrestling with, the idea of like, what um what do i believe what is my belief system one of the things that practically i encourage anyone to do and i think this ties in what moses did um i've been do actually practicing this week rather than anytime i read the bible i've just been now just reading the bible without commentaries without devotionals just like read the bible and just reading it reading it chapter by chapter and trying to okay what is actually going on here what is actually happening here and I feel like that that helps to form your faith when you know exactly what you believe, not not what this pastor or this person or this speaker or this philosopher thinks, but like what do you actually believe? Yeah. 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 That's, a good, that's a good advice. Um so yeah, I think um I think just our, our general closing thoughts on that is ask questions. That's what this podcast is about. That's what we want to encourage. But look for answers too. Asking mm-hmm. questions isn't enough. Um, you might not find answers, but look for them genuinely, mm. honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, I think that we can, uh, wrap up heretics corner. We can uh, wrap up this week's episode. Um, kind of a different, let format. us know, let yeah. us know what you think about the new format. Let us know what you think about the new section. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Let's, uh, let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram at basement full of heretics. Um, I think I'll put out a little poll on the stories. Um, once the episode has been out for 24 hours, let's say. Uh, so people can uh, can let us know how they how they're feeling about it. Um, but thank you again for everybody listening. Um, eight weeks in, and you know it's uh, it feels pretty good. Feels pretty yeah, nice. Man. Pretty nice. All right, everybody. All right, guys. Take it easy. Take care, everybody. Much love.